journey more with the Lord, we want to become more humble, we want to become more dependent, and we should walk through the life through life with a greater peace, because we know the Prince of Peace, Jesus, and we know the God of all peace, and so no matter what goes on, we should find ourselves progressing in a peacefulness, even in the turbulence of our worlds that we live in. And so we want to learn how to trust like children in the midst of the journey. Children put a lot of trust in the adults in their lives. Babies and teenagers alike count on their parents to keep them warm and fed. But did you know that as God's child, you can trust him to be there for you no matter what's going on? Today, Pastor Daniel shares that God wants you to trust him with the heart of a child. Then, as you journey through the ups and downs of life, you'll be able to remain calm and peaceful because you know that he's on your side. Now, here's Pastor Daniel in Psalms chapter 131 as he continues his message, Learning to Be His Child. When you remember what God has done for you in Christ, whatever you're waiting to see get worked out is actually small potatoes, as the saying goes. It's small potatoes compared to the amazing work that God has done of redemption and forgiveness through Jesus. You hear what I'm saying? So are you waiting right now? I want you to begin to hope in the Lord. I want you to rejoice in the forgiveness that you've already received in Jesus. And when you do that, then you begin to praise God in the midst. And, and part of the pilgrimage of life is seasons of waiting. I, don't, I wish it wasn't that way, but that's just the way that it is. So if you're going to learn how to be God's child, and, and if that's one of the points of life is to, is to understand what it means to be a child of God, then we have to center our eyes on forgiveness, the forgiveness that has already been bought for us at the cross by Jesus. Now, we're going to move now into Psalm number 131. The next psalm here, Psalm 131, says it this way. And it says, of course, it's a a, a psalm of David. It says, Lord, my heart is not haughty, nor my eyes lofty. Neither do I concern myself with great matters, nor with things too profound for me. Verse 2, surely I have calmed and quieted my soul like a weaned child with his mother. Like a weaned child is my soul within me. O Lord, hope, O oh, oh Israel, hope in the Lord from this time forth and forever. Now, this psalm is, it's short. It's simple, but it's actually really profound and elegant. What does this teach us? It teaches us that If we're going to learn how to be a child, we need to trust like a child. We need to trust like a child. Now, really here, David unpacks what it means to be like a child in the, in the arms of the Lord because he begins by saying, Lord, my heart is not haughty or proud. My, nor are my eyes lofty, which also could mean arrogant. Neither do I concern myself or neither do I walk the difficult 
path with great matters, nor with things that are too difficult for me. He, he, he's saying, listen, like when you trust like a child, it begins with humility. And that's one of the things that you, I, I love so much about children, right? Because children are humble. Like I, I've said this before, you know, uh, in the, this time that we've had of kind of quarantine and, and stay at home orders and, and distant learning. One of the things that my family has begun to do is, uh, when we have our, our family times in the word and in prayer, we always begin with a time of confession, right? And it's, it's a riot. Because in our time of confession, our youngest, Annabelle, who's six years old, she always wants to fest. She says, I, I, got, I got some fessing to do. That's what she says. Sounds like we're from like Kentucky or something. But we're not, you know. But, but she's like, I got some fessing. And every time someone goes to confess something, Annabelle has like four other things to confess. Now, what's funny is, is as the, the family members get older, we're a little bit more disinclined to confess. But, and Annabelle's so funny, she, 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 you know, I'm, I don't want to bear her soul, but she'll be like, you know, we're only supposed to have a junk cereal in the Fusco house on Saturday morning. It's a Saturday morning treat. And Annabelle will be like, I got to confess that I've been eating, I've been sneaking the junk cereal. You know, and she comes and we're like, ooh, and she's like, I'm sorry. You know, and, and, but what I love is that she's, she's not so self-aware that she's scared that you're going to dislike her. She's just owning her stuff. Right, And David is saying, listen, when you trust God like a child, you realize that God is God and we are but dust. We are human. And because of that, David's like, look, I'm not trying to be bigger than what I am. And and listen, this is a big problem today because we live in a culture just because someone has an internet connection that everybody thinks that they're an expert on everything. Like, it blows my mind sometimes. Like, like, even with all that's been going on, you know, with COVID-19, the number of people who have never even taken a science class since high school, they're all, like, posting up on the internet like they're, like, a doctor and stuff. You're like, bro, you barely even, you, you skipped science class. Like, I was there. You weren't there. I didn't do good in the class, but I'm not posting about science stuff. Like, everyone thinks that they're an expert because they read an article, Right? And we live in a fact-check culture where people don't fact-check anything anymore because everyone has got this idea now that just because I have an internet connection that I am brilliant. And there's no such thing as expertise anymore because everyone, you know, and we all do it. I go, I went to the doctors recently and I was like, yeah, I got this, this, and this, and it could be this or this. He's like, oh, you found WebMD, did you? I'm like, I did. And he's like, okay, you know, and we had a good chuckle. I'm like, I bet that happens a lot. He's like, not as much as you think it should. You know, but it's, but it's interesting because we have to remember that when it relates to God, all of us do not know very much. I'm always reminded that God is all knowing and there's very few things that I know well. That God is the Alpha and the Omega and I have a hard enough time being present where I am. Right? And, and all, God has all knowledge and on my best day, I see through a glass dimly. And so we have to realize that trusting God like a child begins with the humility to realize that when you and God are sitting down, God knows everything and we don't know very much. If you remember the movie Happy Gilmore, you know, you are smart and I am not. You are good looking and I am not very attractive. If you don't know the movie reference, if you don't know it, don't worry about it, it's a classic. But, but you know, there's that scene where it's like where Happy Gilmore has to repent before the golf pro. You know, to be able to, to learn how to play golf. And, and in a lot of ways, if you're going to trust God like a child, you have to come to God humbly like a child. And, and of course, from there, then once we humble ourselves, then in verse two, surely I have calmed myself and quieted my soul. Now, that's a fascinating idea, isn't it? Because David is saying, 
Lord, I have done with the knobs on my side of the wall. I've worked to calm and quiet my soul down. Now, I like to talk about this, and, and you've all heard this if you've been part of Crossroads for a while. I like to say that there's knobs on God's side of the wall, and then there's knobs on my side of the wall. And God is perfect at dialing in the knobs on his side of the wall for his purposes and plans to be done. But he leaves knobs on our side of the wall that we are responsible for. And David is saying, with the knobs on my side of the wall, I have calmed and quieted my soul. And then he uses an example like a weaned child with his mother. Now, I know it's kind of, when you hear it first, like, what does that mean? But if you think about a child who isn't weaned, they get fussy with their mom because they want to eat. Right? It's like the original hangry is, is a child when they want to eat with their mom, but they can't say, hey, mom, I'm hungry. And so as their mom is nursing them, an unweaned child has a tendency to be tremendously fussy. Right? And, and I, I didn't personally experience it, but I did as a dad, and I saw how that worked. But the idea of a weaned child, when a child isn't self-focused with their mom for food, a child who doesn't need their mom to eat has a tendency to be very comfortable in their mother's arms. And so part of trusting God as a child is us learning how to love God with all of our heart, soul, strength, and mind. And with the knobs on our side of the wall, learning how do we quiet our souls? How do we calm ourselves down in the midst of it? Because you can believe in Jesus and not be calm at all, right? Like you can say, I trust in Jesus, but in a moment you get hot under the collar or you get nervous about something and then you get yourself all worked up. And God actually asks us as we trust him to learn how to calm ourselves down. Right? As a parent, I know I, we try and do that with our kids. Like when something goes on, we say, okay, listen, take, take a minute. We're going to come talk about this. And we try and coach our kids down. But then when you get older, there's no one there to coach you down. So you have to learn how to do it yourself with the Lord. And David's saying, I've done that. Like I, I've calmed and I've quieted my soul. And, and, and part of that is it's impossible to calm and quiet your soul if you don't trust in the Lord because how's these things going to work out otherwise? And of course, this reminds me of what Jesus said, Matthew chapter 18, verses 1 to 5 where it says, at that time, the disciples came to Jesus saying, who then is greatest in the kingdom of heaven? And Jesus called a little child to him and set him in the midst of them and said, surely I say to you, unless you are converted and become as little children, you will by no means enter the kingdom of heaven. Therefore, whoever humbles himself as this little child is greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Whoever receives one little child like this in my name receives me. So, so we have Jesus himself speaking about this idea of you want to be great in God's kingdom, you have to be like this little child with a humility, with, with a calmness, with, with a trust in the Lord. And you know what I've learned as a parent is in a lot of ways I watch my, my kids who are right now they're 15 and they're 12 and they're six and I realize that kids are pretty simple and adults are really complicated. You know what I mean? Like, like, like in some ways, like with, Aunt, with my youngest, Annabelle, things are pretty simple with her. Like she's trust, she, she's willing to learn. But then when you get older, it's like you have all the answers, at least you think you do, right? Trusting is harder when you're older because you've experienced enough hurts and issues that you begin to think, well, people aren't trustworthy. And then we translate that to the Lord. But even though people aren't trustworthy, God always is. Because God is faithful and God is loving. God is good. God has purposes and plans. And so every single step of the journey, if we remember forgiveness, then 
as we remember forgiveness, then we have to learn how to trust God in the journey. And for, I think for many of us right now, the biggest thing is we just don't trust. We're not trusting God in this stage of the journey. You know, as, as I'm watching all that's going on in our world, I see that's going on within the church right now. It's like the church doesn't trust God to be able to take care of the church. And so we want to rage against the government or rage against this or rage against that as if we need these things for God to do his work. And it's like, no, no, this is actually an, an opportunity to say, God, I don't understand this, but you do. I don't understand what's going on, but God, you do, and I trust you. See, it's amazing how in moments in our life, in the name of I believe in the Lord, it's actually just us not trusting the Lord, but saying we believe, we're believing in him. And the beauty of the journey is that as we journey more with the Lord, we want to become more humble. We want to become more dependent. And we should walk through, the life, through life with a greater peace because we know the Prince of Peace, Jesus, and we know the God of all peace. And so no matter what goes on, we should find ourselves progressing in a peacefulness, even in the turbulence of our worlds that we live in. And so we want to learn how to trust like children in the midst of the journey. Now, let's turn to one, Psalm 132, the third Psalm of the day. Psalm 132, it says it this way. It says, Lord, remember David and all his afflictions, how he swore to the Lord and vowed to the mighty one of Jacob, surely I will not go into the chamber of my house or go up to the comfort of my bed. I will not give sleep to my eyes or slumber to my eyelids until I find a place for the Lord, a dwelling place for the mighty one of Jacob. Verse six, behold, we heard it in Ephrathah, we found it in the fields of the woods. Let us go into his tabernacle. Let us worship at his footstool. Arise, O Lord, to your resting place, you and the ark of your strength. Let your priests be clothed with righteousness and let your saints shout for joy. For your servant David's sake, do not turn away the face of your anointed. The Lord has sworn in truth to David. He will not turn from it. I will set upon your throne the fruit of your body. If your sons will keep my covenant and my testimony, which I shall teach them, their sons also shall sit upon your throne forevermore. For the Lord, verse 13, has chosen Zion. He has desired it for his dwelling place. This is my resting place forever. Here I will dwell, for I have desired it. I will abundantly bless her provision. I will satisfy her poor with bread. I will also clothe her priest with salvation and her saints shall shout aloud for joy. There I will make the horn of David grow. I will prepare a lamp for my anointed. His enemies I will clothe with shame, but upon himself his crown shall flourish. Now, obviously there's a lot here in this psalm to cover, but in a, I, I've kind of broken it down to Three big ideas is that, and when you're part of God's children and you journey through this world learning to be his child, what you find is that the Lord remembers, the Lord invites, and then the Lord gives rest. The Lord remembers, and I get that from verses one to five. The Lord invites, I get that from verses six to 12, and then the Lord gives rest from chapter, uh, verse 13 to verse 18. And it's a beautiful uh, reminder. So, and, and here's why. If you notice what's going on in the beginning of Psalm 132, 
It says how the Lord remembers David and all of his afflictions. But what does the Lord remember about David? That David wanted to build the temple. He wanted to build a house for God. That David was like, look, I swore by the Lord that I, I, I don't want to go into my own house. I don't want to go to the comfort of my own bed. I don't want to, I don't want to rest, give sleep to my eyes and slumber to my eyelids until I find a place for the Lord, a dwelling place for the mighty one of Jacob. See, see, God had given David a vision and David very much wanted to build a, a, a temple, right? There, there was a vision that was there. Now, ultimately, if you know the story, God did not want David to build the temple because David had too much blood on his hands. So he said, but your son will build the temple. And Solomon built it. But David then spent the rest of his life putting uh, uh, resources together, drawing up plans, even though he wasn't allowed to see this thing, this vision he had to the end, he was able to prepare the way. And so we see that the Lord remembers the God's plan in our hearts. And, and I think it's important because I think sometimes we want to do everything, but maybe our job is only to do one part of it. And when you trust God like a child, and when you're waiting, you can remember that God has forgiven you, you're good to play the part that you're, that you're supposed to play. Like, we never find David being upset that he wasn't able to fulfill the vision he wanted to. He's like, well, what can I do given what God has given me? And a lot of ways, you have the same thing with Moses. I mean, Moses would have loved to be able to brought the children of Israel into the promised land, but that wasn't God's will. It was Joshua's job. Why? We focus out, we move out from the specific events and you realize that Moses as the symbolic giver of the law can never get you to the promised land, but Joshua, which is the name Yeshua, which we get the name Jesus from in the Hebrew, he's the one who's able to bring you into the promised land. So, so like, we have to be okay to say, this is the purpose that God has and, and God remembers what he wants us to do. God has a purpose and a plan for you. And God remembers this is what you're supposed to do. And none of us will do more than whatever God wants us to do, no matter how hard we try. And of course, it says something very similar to this in, in Isaiah chapter 49, verses 15 and 16. This idea of God remembering. Can a woman forget her nursing child and not have compassion on the son of her womb? Surely they may forget, yet I will not forget. See, I have inscribed you on the palms of my hands. Your walls are continually before me. He's saying, look, can, can a mom forget her children? And the, the, the answer is no. He's like, but even if they do, God's like, I'm never going to forget you. And I think sometimes in the journey of life, we begin to think God has forgotten about us. Because maybe you go through a long season or, or a tough set of tragedies or something goes on and you start to think, maybe God has forgotten about me. No, no, the Lord remembers. But not only does the Lord remember, the Lord also invites. Because notice, Look what it says, verse six. Behold, we heard it in Ephrathah. We found it in the fields of the woods. Let us go to his tabernacle. Let us worship at his footstool. Arise, O Lord, to your resting place, you and the ark of your strength. Let your priests be clothed with righteousness and you let your saints out for joy. For your servant David's sake, do not turn away the face from your anointed. The Lord has sworn in his truth. He will not turn away from it. I will set you upon the throne. See, he's saying, listen, God invites us to be with him. For the children of Israel, it was about being with him at the, at the tabernacle, which became the temple in Jerusalem, worshiping as the community, which is what they were doing as they would sing these songs of ascent. But right now, no matter where you are on the journey, God is inviting you. God is saying, look, will you come to me? All you who labor and are heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. Like, like will you come and abide in me? That's what Jesus talked about in John chapter 15. 
that the only way a, a branch can bear fruit is if it's, if it's abiding in, in, in the trunk. Right now, no matter what's going on, Jesus is saying, listen, I'm inviting you. Will, will you come? And in a lot of ways, Crossroads as a church family, we're in that space where, where we feel that our job is not to be a church where only people have been walking with Jesus for, for a long time feel comfortable. But this is a place where everyone realizes, listen, you are invited to come to Jesus just as you are. You don't have to sign on the dotted line. You don't have to do this or that. You don't have to dress a certain way. You don't have to have a certain haircut. You don't have to make sure you have a certain uh, translation of the Bible or, or, or you, you fill out this little form. And if, as long as you get all, uh, you get 90% or higher, you could be your None of that. It's like we're saying, listen, God is inviting all of us to be a part of his family. And he accepts us just as we are, but he loves us too much to leave us that way. And so the Lord is always inviting, saying, listen, no matter where you are on the journey, no matter how down you are, no matter how deep the depths are or how amazing it is, you can come to the Lord. You can come to Jesus and Jesus has open arms. He has grace for you and he has mercy for you. There's always, life is perpetually an invitation from Jesus to be with him to be transformed, to be changed. And of course, that's what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 to 30, where he said, come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, I'll give you rest. He says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, my burden is light. And of course, not only does the Lord remember, and not only does the Lord invite, you can come to him. But the Lord gives rest. Because notice verse 13. For the Lord has chosen Zion and desired it for his dwelling place. This is my resting place forever. Here I will dwell, it says. For I have desired it. I will abundantly bless her provision. I will satisfy her poor with bread. I will also clothe her priests with salvation and her saints shall shout aloud for joy. See, when you're part of God's family, there is a rest for your soul. There is the ability to stop trying to work for God's good pleasure that God would owe you. That All those, the works righteousness ends and you realize that I get to be a part of God's family by grace, sheer grace, nothing I did. I, I, can't, I can't prove to God that I'm deserving because I've never been. I trust in Jesus and I let that transform my life. Now listen, as I take this message and I, and I bring it to, to a landing spot, right now, no matter where you are on this pilgrimage that we call life, no matter what your family of origin looked like and what you learned about how life was supposed to work, what I want to tell you is God wants you to be a part of his family. When you put your faith and trust in Jesus and you receive his forgiveness, then you become adopted into that family. And as a family member, then we have to learn how to trust God like kids. Jesus is real. Today, Pastor Daniel wrapped up this teaching on some of the things you'll learn when you're part of God's family. He reminded you that God wants to give you rest, the real, soul-deep rest that we all crave and need you'll be reminded that God is offering it to you with open hands. You only need to come to Him. He wants to make you part of His family and give you everything you need so that as you grow with Him, you'll live out of the abundant life He created you for. 
Pastor Daniel's message today is just one of many he shared from a variety of books in the Bible. Would you like to explore more? Just visit JesusIsRealRadio.com to access our library of audio. You can also connect with Pastor Daniel on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram through the links you'll find at the bottom of the page, JesusIsRealRadio.com. Hey, this is Josh, and I wanted to personally thank you for listening today to Jesus Is Real Radio. Did you know that Pastor Daniel also has a TV program? It's called Real with Daniel Fusco. I want to encourage you to go to JesusIsRealRadio.com, click on the Stations option in the main menu, and find out if Real with Daniel Fusco airs on a TV station in your area. Join us again here on Jesus Is Real Radio when Pastor Daniel invites you to dive into what the last two songs of Ascent have to say about your perspective as you walk through life. You'll learn that you can view your journey through the lens of blessing, looking at life through all God has given you as the power to profoundly change how you see and respond to all of life's twists and turns. We wish we had more time today, but we will have to pick up where we left off next time as Pastor Daniel continues teaching through this series called The Way Up. That's next time on Jesus Is Real Radio.